Welcome to the Reboot. Good afternoon and welcome to the Reboot. This is episode number two. My name is Monique Wingard. I am the founder of the Civic Tech Collective. We're going to go ahead and get into our top three stories and actually four, um, including the one that I have about myself. If you want to know how you can help us grow, and that's in content, if you are a writer or maybe even interested in being a funder, visit civictechcollective.org to find out how you can help us grow. My top story today is that Hyundai Motor Group, and is that, am I pronouncing that correctly? I have two guests in the studio with me today, <laughs> Stephen Philpot and Kamon Smith. Hello. Hun- Hi. Hi. Hyundai? Am I saying this correct? Hyundai? 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 I don't know. Oh, goodness. Okay, it's okay. We're having, I'm having one of those moments where people mispronounce car names, so that, that's mine. I'm going to call them Hyundai. Hyundai, yes. Motor Group, back to the story, <laughs> is planning to spend $32 million to aid in social entrepreneurs. The corporation is pledging to create 3,000 new jobs by investing $34 billion over the next five years. And the point of doing that is to encourage stronger social responsibility. To learn more, visit us online at civictechcollective.org. Code for America is launching a fellowship to advance relationships in civic tech. The organization plans to work with local government partners to help tackle whatever challenges their community is facing. CFA is looking for governmental partners that exhibit strong leadership and are committed to being engaged and able to sustain after the fellowship ends. Applications are due April 30th, so that is really soon. You can also access this information on our website. Finally, the Obama Foundation recently announced the inaugural class of the Obama Fellows. 20 civic leaders from around the world will now come together to collaborate and exchange ideas that inspire a wave of innovation. Visit our Twitter page for more information about the incoming class. As I mentioned, we are in the studio today with Stephen Philpott and Kamone Smith. You heard from Stephen last week, but today we are going to start with Kamone. Kamone, how are you? (laughs) How are you? I'm fine, thank you. So you are the founder of Tulsa Inc., correct? That's true. Okay. And today... We dived back into pitch practice. Um, so we as a cohort, C518, have, um, have had to actually pitch once at Studio Xfinity. And so this is somewhat of a new experience for you, correct? Yes, that is true. Okay. Here is your chance. <laughs> right here into today. Brian Pan. And I'll, I'll take it easy on you and say that don't approach this as a pitch, but do tell us about your company. Okay, so the Urban League of Scholars Agency, Inc., also known as Tulsa, is a boutique social responsibility and capacity building firm. Um, we provide not only capacity building services to not-for-profits, businesses, and people, but we also provide workshops for at-risk youth, people, families, um, who have had in- encounters, negative encounters with the criminal justice system. Um, most importantly, the great thing about Tulsa is we're participating in a tech cohort um, sponsored by Colony 5, wherein they are assisting me with the development of my app, which is Triple S. 
Tell us what Triple S stands for. So Triple S stands for Social Supportive Services. And what it does is it connects users to social supportive services. Okay. What was your inspiration um, behind starting Tulsa? Um, so my, my inspiration behind starting Salsa. 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 See? Honda here. Salsa, Tulsa. It the, the inspiration behind Tulsa, it came from um, my externship in grad school. I was working on the largest adolescent diversion program in the history of New York City, and I came up with an idea for Pilot 2. Um, I wanted to take Pilot 2 to the next level, and I thought, hey, instead of doing this post, these kids getting arrested, why don't we bring this to the schools and do some sort of like collaboration with social service, the schools, and the courts? That was too much of a big goal. Um, for the stakeholders in the court system as well as the social service agency. And so I was then inspired to just go ahead and try to add technology to it. And in doing so, I realized New York City specifically at the time had not created a directory, a paper-based one, in about 10 years. Mm. And when I took it a step further, I was like, oh, my gosh, if a person needed help and they had to go to public, public services and stuff like that, they were given a large packet of information and they had to sift through that information to find out which which service they could use who could who could provide that service and I thought wow if I put technology on this this should be great for the public but it's also a trend not just New York City as far as the paper-based information it's a trend throughout the entire um, metropolitan cities in America okay so with that everyone has a top three so tell me what your top three, and they can be your top three for yourself or for your company. Top three what? Top three, let's say, top three things you hope to see happen for Tulsa, Inc. Um, okay, so the top three things I'd like to see happen for Tulsa. Um, I'd like for our app to have... Um, Partnerships with um, state governments, city governments, and um, that's one. Um, the second I'd like to see is um, eventually um, maybe the government just literally trying to take over this app and use it as a, a model application for um, accountability and government effectiveness and um, reaching the public. Okay. That's two. And the third one, I'd like to, um, hmm, I'd like for our workshops, our workshops to be, not in every school, but it would be great to have like a whole bunch of school sign up for the workshops because I think it's very beneficial to youth development. Okay, great. Thank you, Kamon. We are going to continue talking to Kamon today. Um, and it's in addition to Stephen Philpott, welcome back. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we spoke to him on in episode one um, about the launch of the reboot and also about the fact that this podcast will serve as a way to follow the journey of the cohort C518, of which Kamon is a member of um, Colony 5. Right as a portfolio company. Can right. you explain that? So Colony 5 is broken down into... Um two different components as far as our members are concerned. So you've got the cohort that's being developed 
proper um, through a series of mentorship and programmatic um, development. And uh, that's C518. And so the next cohort will be C519. Um, within each cohort, there's the ability to support social impact organizations or um, highlight other companies that have not gone through our process, may be on the cusp of being able to do something significant in terms of launching their product, but they need to have this family brand to help them move forward. Those are our portfolio companies. And so our social impact companies, not-for-profits, and companies that sit outside of our cohort, those are our portfolio companies, of which um, Kamon's Tulsa is one, along with um, the Gray Matter Experience and a couple of other for-profit organizations. Okay. And this is a model that Colony 5 is um, going to hopefully be a model for others to follow, like other... Um Incubator, business accelerators? Yeah, so the goal the goal is kind of based on a report that um, ICIC did a few years ago, a couple years ago uh, for Chase Bank. Chase Morgan. They don't fund us yet. Okay. Um, so anyway, the, the, the premise was that um, while there are a number of tech entrepreneurship accelerators and programs, they aren't necessarily um, amenable or uh, comfortable for black entrepreneurs women entrepreneurs, people of color. And so that there's a certain set of things that have to be considered when developing an accelerator that is better suited to developing those entrepreneurs. Not that they are different, it's that the accelerators are truly made in the old world uh, white boys club. And it's just not comfortable for people to be in that environment. Uh, one of the things that we have noticed with our cohort just in the past few months is that you know, being, uh, we have single moms, so we need child care. Uh, we have to, um, our messaging has to be much more crisp and clear because you can start to see the traditional VC, uh, their eyes glaze over after the first few sentences because there's a, a native disbelief that we can't be doing these things. So our model has a longer runway so that we can build in all of those elements that are most important for a company to be successful, um, in addition to promoting our brand and building our brand and building the confidence within the cohort and the folks that support the cohort on the outside that say, if you guys win, this is a, this is a win for entrepreneurship, but it's also a win for America, in fact, because we're bringing in another uh, channel of dollars that weren't considered before. There is a report by the Small Business Administration uh, a few years ago that said that if if uh, the United States were to fund just women businesses, just women businesses above the level that they, uh, they um, invest in them now, which is roughly 1%, if they could bump that up to 5%, it would be the equivalent of the uh, gross national product of Great Britain, about $29 trillion. So in fact, where we are, uh, you know, they say that we're improving in economics and employment and things of that nature. There are a number of people that don't have jobs. They don't have cash inflows. But if you can create another base of dollars flowing across this country, you can create the opportunity for uh, uh, economic sustainability within the families, growth throughout communities. You can impact uh, social issues. You can change the narrative around distressed areas just by investing in entrepreneurs. So this model is to be the catalyst to tell um, to tell the investment community, hey, this type of business person is here. 
They're a great opportunity for you in terms of getting a return on your investment. And the other side of it is that the social impact that you will receive as a citizen is uh, it's never been experienced before. And it would be incredible should you take this opportunity to move forward. And entrepreneur, you have the opportunity to do this now. Okay. Um, the last time we spoke, we were going to be celebrating the one-year anniversary of That's right. So now we've had the one-year anniversary. What changes have, have taken place since the one-year anniversary? And if you could tell us a little bit, um, if you would like, of, if you have a why, you, um, why any of those changes um, took place. So this is a layup question. <laughs> cool. <laughs> this is a layup I'm question. I'm going to knock it out of the park. Okay. So um, let me say first that when you put out statistics like less than 1% of uh, uh, black entrepreneurs get funded, that correlates into an actual number of entrepreneurs that have not been funded. That gives Colony 5 a pipeline, a huge pipeline of entrepreneurs that are knocking at our door to be a part of this situation. And uh, when we first started Colony 5, we started out with essentially three entrepreneurs. And uh, by the beginning of the cohort, we had nine entrepreneurs in the cohort just because we were you know, a lot of folks were recommended to us. A lot of entrepreneurs had promise, and we didn't want to turn them away for personal reasons or just the fact that they, um, they were an opportunity uh, for communities to have some success based on our model. So we took them in, but we did not truly have the bandwidth to manage some of the concerns of entrepreneurs that come in. Um, I don't want to say off the street, but they didn't go through our program, our initial program, and we found that some didn't have the temperament for change. Some didn't uh, uh, truly trust the process, the systems, the people that are involved in making this happen. I mean, you think about it. We have uh, everyone from World Business Chicago to Microsoft to Comcast, UI Lab, City of Chicago. All these folks are supporting us in this effort. And there, we have a window on how we do what we do so that other people can benefit from this in the future. So when you have folks that don't have the temperament for change or they don't understand that programmatically it's a program that you will follow, it's not for personal input, um, then you make the supporters on the outside think that this is a premise that won't work. And the, the, the crux of it is we have great entrepreneurs. And at the end of the day, they will be the example of how to be an entrepreneur or how to fund an entrepreneur or how to develop an entrepreneur. So we have to follow these processes. And to truly answer your question, we've gone from three companies or from nine companies down to five, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so the companies in our cohort as part of our family today are uh, Camones, Tulsa, MyPasco, Your Civic Tech Collective, Demetrius Brown's Neighbors, Scout, um, Ahe's, uh, Geek Empowered, whose product will be the tech exchange inside of your, um, your asset, your publishing asset, and um, Greg Meaves' Cupid. And at the end of the day, these are, these are properties of Colony 5. These are, we're the venture partner that represents the successful development of those companies. So while we are developing, you guys, in the background, we're having conversations with venture capital folks, the investment community. Uh, we've looked at, or not even looked at, we've committed to developing our own crowdfunding equity portal so that we can help fund you guys in addition to the other um, avenues that are out there. 
And so reducing our, uh, our, our group by number gives us more bandwidth to spend attention with the most promising of the companies right now, which I just named. The other thing is that it gives the general public a, a lens in which they can see the excellence that we require. So for those folks who didn't believe in the processes and systems and thought that they were uh, far more innovative or far more advanced to be moving at the pace we were to move, which is an 18-month pace, um, we felt as if it, were, uh, it was detrimental to both them and us to maintain them as part of the family. And what we have now is a clear-cut group of people that are doing the very same things in a manner that are meant to be beneficial to them representative of us and at the end of the day impactful for the community and we'll continue to do that as we reach out next year uh, our next cohort re or our next co cohort development process starts in june and one thing i'm going to put out there is that you know we seem to have some issues as far as you know it's black entrepreneurs that come out in the wash when you have black leadership and it's not the black leadership it's our perspective of the black leadership that prevents us from moving forward. So where I complained about the less than 1% investment in black businesses before, I do think it's a shared responsibility amongst the entrepreneurs and the investment community. We don't step up as if we are part of the traditional business that should be invested in. We step up with a sense of entitlement. We step up with um, the notion that we are fully capable and we don't need the marriage that comes with an investment because the, the venture capital community doesn't just put dollars in. They put their personal time in. They want to be part of the success. They want to help you grow. And if we're coming in and we're not trainable and we, we seem that we can't be communicated as, as if we're not going to ever be trainable, that's going to always keep that number below 1%. But when we walk in with a set of rules or a standardized or normalized process that investors already understand and they communicate on that platform anyway, now we've bridged the gap and, and uh, increased the, the potential that we can raise that number above 1%. And so my job in the next cohort and this cohort now is to make sure people come in with the expectation that this is going to be difficult and it's not for you, entrepreneur, this is for the world. And for that to happen, you need to do stuff that you're not going to like. But at the end of the day, you will be fully capable and you'll be the best example of yourself and your company and of Colony 5. Okay. And do you think that it was or is important for all who are who were here or who still remain to keep in mind that this is a, a one-year-old organization? Yeah, so technically, and that it is, in a way, we're kind of building the plane while it's in the air. Is that the saying? It's, uh, it's <laughs> building the plane while flying it. Building the plane while Which is while something I wouldn't it. advise. Right. Um, yeah, and we, and we are. And so one thing people should really keep in mind is that the, the idea of building a platform that would enable uh, America to move beyond that less than 1% investment mark into uh, minority entrepreneurship... The discovery process was done with some really smart people. So, in the first phase, it's four o'clock. In the first phase, four o'clock, folks. 
wherever you are. Um, in developing the first phases of this, we did this with the Center of Neighborhood, the Center for Neighborhood uh, Technology, right here in mm-hmm. Chicago, which is at the time a 38-year-old organization focused on using data to solve civic problems, and they're really good at it. And in looking at this issue, we talked to several of the best accelerators in the nation. We had some of the best advisors from Intel, Intel, Microsoft, and so on, and talked about the the tenants that were required to make this work for the entrepreneur, for the investor, for the community. And that's what we're running on. So while Colony 5 is a one-year company, it's a company that was started from all of that research and all of those conversations with the notion of this is the go-to platform. Having only been out here um, for a year, we probably have more resources and assets, at least in terms of being able to reach people um, than many other organizations. I, I like the fact that, that 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 is the case, but it's hard. Yeah. It, it's still very hard, and it's our business. This is our business. This isn't um, some altruistic effort to make people feel like, hey, if you just try to be an entrepreneur, that's good enough. No, this is... This is an investment in Colony 5 that requires a return on investment to the people who have uh, put their faith in this, which in turn requires uh, the entrepreneurs under the umbrella to be significantly um, successful. They have to be efficient, effective. They have to be able to communicate. They have to be pivot on a dime. They must be better than every other entrepreneur that's out there today. So if you've got a, um, a Zuckerberg doing a Facebook we should be able to overshadow his accomplishments within years of our getting in the market if you're in that sector. If we move into, let's say, driverless automobiles, we should be the best in that sector within a short period of time. We're not building these companies just to say we tried. We're building to compete, win, and make a crap load of money. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it's been one year, but it's been a one-year uh, period that was a long time in the box, just waiting to pop out, and a lot of folks helping this happen. So, any and all thoughts that Colony Five was created, let's say from a book you bought on an infomercial right. late at night, right? Yeah, that's that. <laughs> and decided to get up the next day, and you know what? I'm going to start a cohort. I think I get the best idea I could ever <laughs> go through. Let me just uh, sacrifice family and time and personal space so I could build. And I read two books. Um, so no, it's a joke. Okay. <laughs> no, there, oh, were no, there, were no, there were no books. <laughs> there were no books. It was, uh, it was essentially um, my experience raising money for a company years and years ago and finding out that uh, many other entrepreneurs that were minorities went through the same thing. And, for, and the, the counter part of that argument is that many entrepreneurs who were in the mainstream, Asian and white, went through something completely different. Mm-hmm. So where we were told to create business plans that were tight and rehearse pitches and make sure they were perfect and all this other stuff and then get in front of many, many people and you're going to lose a bunch of times, but you're going to find that one guy, there were the, you know, our counterparts were able to write concepts on the back of a napkin. And this is true. I'm not exaggerating. Write concepts on the back of a napkin and tell their uncle who had a friend who was a venture capital who saw this kid as someone they could recognize and wrote them a check. Right. And so uh, there had to be a better process. We weren't going to be we weren't. It's called the looks like me syndrome. We were never going to look like them. And we aren't uh, for the black side of us. We're not white or dark skinned white people. We're just we're we have a different culture 
and our cultures are fine, and we have to be able to, to portray the passion from our culture into our product and be able to sell that piece. So um, the, the conversation with our uh, venture capital community, with our accelerator managers, with our city managers, was all based on uh, presenting the things that we thought would work and kind of getting um, uh, validation. It wasn't going to those folks and saying, hey, we've got a problem and you need to solve it. We said we solved it and here's what we're going to do. No, I didn't read a book. We did a lot of work. We spent a lot of money and we know this works. We absolutely know it, know it works. So when there's an entrepreneur that is very passionate but in, incapable of expressing themselves in a professional manner, they must go. And I'm sorry to see that happen. But at the end of the day, they don't help change the narrative that moves us above 1% investment. The folks that help us change the narrative are the folks that complete the program. When they complete the program, they will, will be successful. And the, the same thing I ruminate in my mind all the time is, is that you are literally here as an entrepreneur to be a millionaire. You are literally here to be a millionaire. So if you know how to do that before you got here, you shouldn't be here. And if you don't know how to do this and you don't want to be here, then don't, either way, just don't be here. Don't be here because if someone's going to help me become a millionaire, I'm all ears. I'm all ears, especially if it's in the vein of my passion, social impact, you know. So that's what Colony 5 is. It's, it's a greedy, capitalistic, capitalistic pig play to help people develop the people or the entrepreneurs, develop their own wealth through creating solutions to problems for these communities that nobody else is going to solve. But there's a huge revenue opportunity out there, too, for the investors to share in this this play to change America's notion on where their dollars should go for investment. Okay. Okay. There should be no other questions. <laughs> you gave us a lot. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> you gave us a lot just now. So, and I do, I appreciate it. So, um, there's probably a few good, no, there are a lot of good sound bites I could just pull out from that to answer all and any questions about Colony 5. So I'll have to see if one of our cohort members who's in the other room right now <laughs> wants, <laughs> wants to, to participate. Help, help me, help me um, do that. Um, so bring us to today and where Colony 5 is going. So today we had pitch practice, a little bit of pitch practice. We went back over that and some administrative things in preparation for Founders Day. Yeah, Founders Day, uh, okay. World Business Chicago and the Blackstone uh, the Blackstone Challenge, which is part of the Blackstone Foundation, will be conducting a philanthropic investment group uh, where we pitch. We basically are exposed to these folks as um, uh, tech entrepreneurs, social impact entrepreneurs, um, and a catalyst for the next wave of investment in that type of entrepreneur. And so uh, there are a couple things happening. One is that we've had the conversation with our our good partners at World Business Chicago, Chicago Next, Blackstone, about next year. What do we do next year? Um, what are the resource requirements for next year? What are entrepreneurs looking for out of next year? And what happened last year that didn't work that we need to definitely make sure we don't do? As not just Colony 5, but all the folks that receive these type of resources. What do we do? Um, in preparation for the, the Founders Day at World Business Chicago, we will actually have a film crew coming out, interviewing each individual entrepreneur, putting their pieces together, which work uh, well for the next iteration of what we're trying to do here, which, which is, is the, crowdfunding. the crowdfunding piece. Yes. And so where in the past we had to go to friends, families, and 
neighbors to get dollars for investments, we have digital means to raise funds. And one used to be the, hey, I'm raising money through this platform, and I'll give you a T-shirt if you give me money. And now the, the wave that we're leaning most upon and that we I, I, I believe in, in very short term and no uncertain terms uh, will be the best at is equity crowdfunding. So the equity crowdfunding play uh, that we'll be pushing in June will offer up um, the brands of our cohort. It will help to promote uh, their business platforms, and it will um, it will deliver the idea that an investment or donation equals the development and growth of this company toward social impact or revenue development or economic uh, development. And so World Business Chicago is truly helping us because we have been working for the past few weeks honing our pitches, our business plans and things to get ready for that. Um, But we'll also have some of that content and collateral for our crowdfunding campaigns that we'll push out in June. Yeah. So, yes, that, that is the next. And I'm going to call, call it a challenge because this will be my first experience really? um, launching a crowdfunding campaign. Mm-hmm. I don't care about you. Yes. Right. Yeah. Please. So I'm, I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to that challenge to see what comes of that. It's new. If you so two years ago, not even two years ago, last summer, there were roughly 29 companies nationwide that had raised something like 52 million dollars. Oh. It's not many. There are probably, There's probably yeah, but today there are thousands of companies raising millions and millions of dollars for their companies, and mm-hmm. some are probably dogs. Some are never going to return a dollar. Some are going to do well and give multiple returns to their investors. And uh, our our thinking is that we've already vetted the companies that have come into our cohort, into our family, mm-hmm. to the point we know they're sustainable organizations. It's just a matter of getting that message across. So that the person on the other end says, hey, I will put in $20 for this mm-hmm. this piece. I will buy a share or I will get one of those T-shirts or I will be a majority shareholder or whatever it takes. I do want them to build their technology. I do want them to have a better marketing push. I want them to have my dollars. So those are the message that, messages that we are crafting at a very minute level. You know, you can it's like that artist that he paints giant, gigantic two-story art, but he does it an inch away. So he never sees the piece until the day he backs away to see the entire piece he's created because he's doing all these little tiny dots. And that's what we're doing, the little tiny dots now. And in June, people will get to see some of the, the larger part of that picture. Okay. So just as Kamone had to give us her top three to wrap up today's show, what are your top three for Colony 5? My top three for Colony 5? Yes. Um... Family care. We need some family care. We got kids. <laughs> <laughs> if you did not hear them in the background, kids I'm not sure. all over the place. <laughs> and thank you, UI Labs, for being so patient uh, and a gracious partner. Uh, yeah, we have kids. We need we need child care. We need a we need a some sort of model of child care that works, not just dropping a kid up, but something that works, something that may be parallel to what we're doing. You know, there are mm-hmm. kids who want to be entrepreneurs, there are kids that have. Uh, capabilities they want to flex mm-hmm. and we want to put them in a system that do that that can do that number two uh, top thing I would like to see us um, I would like to see us play up the venture partner role a little bigger uh, one thing I didn't announce is that Corvus Robotics is part of our portfolio company now and 
UBS Innovations and Zurich Equities and IOT, or Bosch IOTA, will be partnering with us to help us with uh, a number of things, dollars, development, exposure. And so it would be great if there is the young entrepreneur out there thinking about a drone play, a driverless car play, a um, edge, some sort of edge technology. And as soon as they have that idea, when they hit Colony 5, the dollars come into the entrepreneur, they go through our system, and we know by X date they're coming out as a $5 million company. I would like to see a more dynamic process, not the pulling of teeth that has happened just to get us, you know, to the right type of cohort member. And then the last piece would be for Colony 5. Yes. You have a third that does not involve Colony 5? Do I have a third that doesn't involve Colony It sounded like I you got did. tons of my own little wishes, but that's that's for another show, okay. another type of show. Uh, my third would be that Colony 5 becomes recognized as the, and it's not a wish, but it's a plan, Colony 5 becomes recognized as the model for uh, redevelopment of areas that just have been overlooked. And those areas are entrepreneurs and physical areas where our entrepreneurs typically live or are somehow related to. So when... When um, Lakeland, Florida goes, you know, enough is enough. We can't deal with this strife and all this other stuff. They hit the Colony 5 button, and Amazon sends six entrepreneurs down there, and they land in that corridor, and the investments come in, so those people flourish, and those guys become billionaires and move out, and the next wave of entrepreneurs move in, too. So we have to get one of those Amazon quick buttons made for Colony 5. I agree. I agree. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Well, thank you again, Stephen Philpott. You're welcome. Come on, Smith. You're welcome. <laughs> Next week, we will give you um, an update on how Colony 5 is doing. We will actually not be here um, at UI Labs. Um, so we Ain't no telling where we're going to be. Ain't no telling where we're going to be. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. Satellite <laughs> band is uh, <laughs> on location. We just can't, just, we can't uh, tell you. you. You will just have to stay tuned. How about that? So thank you. Again, my name is Monique Wingard, founder of the Civic Tech Collective, and this is The Reboot.